Yo, I don't like to make uh, I don't like to make these like normal, boring, run of the mill interviews. So I have like just some random questions, um, and basically, the way it works is you know whoever clicks on the article, they're gonna read the article you know top to bottom, and then when they get to the end, gonna have a little uh, a link so they can hear a conversation between you and myself, and you know just right. get a, just get a, uh, to know a little bit more about you and just you know a little bit more perspective. And yeah, sure. All right, so. Um, Let's start it off. Who's your favorite rapper in the game right now? Oh, man. You know what's crazy? Um, I'm a super Drake fan. I'm going to just move some shit around here. Um, yeah, man, I'm a super Drake fan, man. I grew up on Drizzy. Um, Drizzy Drake and fucking um, Travis Scott, man. Okay. Scott. Absolutely. I definitely, no, I definitely heard those artists. Uh, in your music, like the influence from them, that's dope. Uh, how do you how do you feel about Drake getting uh, Lil Durk on that latest single he just dropped? Uh, yeah, it's super dope, man. Uh, like for Chicago artists and stuff like that, and bridging that gap. Um, in which I mean, it wasn't really bridged. Like I mean, I guess it wasn't really void before because he has relationships with Chicago artists, but that shit was like super like dope because Durk is like super relevant right now. So that's good. That's a good look for the city and artists. Yeah, I feel like I feel like to me, um, instead, more like it was Drake paying respect to Dirk as opposed to like putting Dirk on, you know? Yeah. Since he's been around for so long. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's definitely what it is for real. For real. Yeah, uh, that's a good look. Um, now, do you have a favorite lady artist in the game? Um, Maybe you don't have one at all. I don't know. Right. Um. Actually, you know what? Um. Like, big artists are like indie. Can, can I do indie, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we can delve into indie underground. Absolutely. I got a few, actually. I'm a, um, I'm a fan of uh, Chicago's very own. Her name is Brittany Carter. She's dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Brittany Carter's super dope Um, on a more mainstream kind of level, but still kind of underground. Rhapsody. She's been rapping for the longest. Of course. And I was on her. I was on stage with Rhapsody. Actually, she brought me on stage one time. No way, what year? Like, last... Not even like a full year, like last fall. Wait, this is 2019? Yeah, it's 2019, yeah. No me okay. Here. And, uh, no, not even. It was like February. It was winter, for sure. But, yeah. W was this a Chicago show, then? Yeah, yeah. It was right before... Right before after All-Star. It was right before All-Star Weekend. Oh, okay. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. She brought me on stage and everything, and, uh... She sang to me and everything. It was dope as hell. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, well, okay. So that brings me to another question that I didn't even think of. Um, have you have you opened who have you opened for any big artists ever? Shared the stage with any other big artists or yeah. any any experiences like that you wanna you wanna talk about? Yeah. So I um I'm open for Larry June. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Open for Larry June. Then Chicago tour, um, and we're supposed to travel to Detroit to do his. To open for him again, uh, me and another one of my um, my label mates, Don Seville, uh, we were supposed to travel to Detroit, but that got trucked because of the COVID joint. Right, right. Um, and I opened for Cal Scrooby, uh, okay. who's a fairly big artist, still kind of underground too. But he's has he's got publications with like um, bigger artists like Chris Brown um, and some other guys I can't think of right now. But he's yeah. He's got a bunch of shit, too. No, yeah, he has some numbers and some good placements. Yeah, yeah. For still yeah. being relatively underground, I guess, Cal Scrooby. 
Yeah, right. So now I guess he's doing like his whole unsigned thing, which is dope. And that was a really good um, show because that was the first time I was ever paid to, to open up for somebody. Oh, that so is that, tight. Yeah, because uh, when it comes to that part of the business, I, yeah. I know we've all paid money to open up, but to get paid to open up, that is That's a blessing. Good. That's a blessing. Yeah, so that was super dope. And um, that was the show right before the city shut down. So that was still super relevant, too. Um, uh, I was supposed to open up for the baby, but I couldn't get everything. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this was, damn, which one was this? This was like last fall, I want to say, for sure. Yeah, I was supposed to open up for the baby in Milwaukee. At the Rave Theater? I think so. Yeah, that's the spot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but that didn't happen. We couldn't get everything together for that joint. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying, you know what I'm saying, opening up for people and getting new fans and shit like that, putting my merch out and selling it. So. That's uh, that's actually my favorite way of building um, yeah. a fan base and meeting new people is, is, you know, invest in your craft, open up for a bigger artist, and talk to the fans of that artist after your set. And if you kill it, they're going to rock with you, you know? Thanks, man. Yeah, I remember... Um, like when I did this Cal Ruby show at Sub T, um, like all the fans were like lining up to take pictures with him and shit like that after the show, right? As soon as they were done, they like came to me and was like, "Yo, can we get a picture?" Like <laughs> that was like a super, you know what I'm saying? Like really empowering moment, you know what I'm saying for you, you know what I'm saying? It's a blessing to see like all right, a bunch of people now lining up to take pictures with you and shit. That's crazy. That's so awesome. Would you say that was definitely like a career highlight? Oh, yeah, for sure. I had a 30-minute set, and the, the fans, they 30 minutes? Up. 30 minutes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just me and him. We were the only two. That's fucking dope. That's yeah, dope. Yeah. So that was super dope. Um, you know, because, like, a dope. lot of artists, they only get 10, 15 when they get those exactly. opening slots. So, 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people were like, yo, you ready for 30 minutes? And I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I got to do my own set. Like, I got enough material to do an hour. No, that's good. If you to have that much music that you can perform live to be ready for a full hour set, that's awesome. That's crazy, right? So I mean, definitely, yeah. That was that was super dope, and I, I you know I, I like to think that I don't have stage fright. Like when I get up there, it's like, you know, what I'm saying it's like my safe haven. You know, what I'm saying I'm able to okay. preach. I'm able to... So that's good shit. Okay, so um, what a life, and I gotta you know to tell you the truth, um, I, I'm a I'm a lyricist, like poet first and foremost, right? And sure. your record, I got to listen to it again because it's so vibey. And you are still being lyrical. I like how you don't concentrate too hard on it. You more so concentrate on the overall vibe and the feeling. So it's like, you know, I'm listening to your record and it's 12 tracks and I'm like smoking. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, wait, two songs have gone by, but I've just been chilling. Wait, what did he say? Now I got to go back because, you know, it's you're very um, you're, you're very purposeful with your structure sure. and with your vibe. And I really appreciate about going from track to track. Um, it's consistency. Uh, yeah. But, so real quick. So what a life, um, I would characterize it as like this. This like, the whole album is like a lifestyle anthem. Because yeah. a lot about what you're talking about is personal experiences. Being a young man, being a, a music maker in Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, the nightlife, the drugs, street shit. Um, so just to... I just think this is kind of a funny question, but a goofy question. But uh, what is your drug or substance of choice? Like your number one, your go-to? Well, you know, it's crazy. I'm more into liquor than I am on like, drugs for a real. So um, the alcohol. Because, the, okay, yeah. absolutely. 
um, my drinking choice as of late, I've been drinking a lot of tequila. I've been doing a lot of class Azul or Don Julio and stuff like that. But I'm a Henny guy for real, for real. Henny, but okay. I smoke. I smoke. You know what I'm saying? Smoke weed. Okay. Smoke and shit like that. Um, I don't pop pills and nothing like that. I did that shit in college. And I just had bad experiences. I, I said, like, show me. <laughs> I've had, uh, yeah, no, I've had some negative experiences with pills yeah. myself. So I don't really yeah. touch that either. <laughs> Yeah, like Lane Codeine, we did all that shit, and it was like, yo, I, we missed like the greatest party ever. You know what I'm saying? We never, right, apparently it was the greatest party because we weren't there. So right, because yeah, your mind was somewhere else. <laughs> we ended up falling asleep and shit. It was bad. Like it was bad. Yeah. slept the whole thing. So yeah, that's that's what the fuck I'm doing. But generally, man, I'm I'm living off like like I'm high on life for real, for real. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, super appreciative of the moment and shit, living in it. Uh, what a life is like, my daily mantra, you know what I'm saying? It's like an affirmation. I say that shit every day for real. That's what's up, uh, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's just a reminder. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You, you only got one, live it, live it to the fullest, that type vibe. And it, apparently it's contagious because that's how people are greeting me now. Like, like, what a life. What a life. No, that yeah, yeah that's that's the mantra. That's the, uh, that's the brand, that's the code, everything that, like, you know, intertwines with the brand. So, yeah, yeah. The more you say it, the more, you know, it's real. Right. Um, okay, so going through your catalog, you dropped a you dropped a record in 2015. Dropped some singles last year. Um, right. So besides, obviously, like the different experiences you and like what you've observed in your life that you've been going through, what sparked your what sparked the creation of wanting to make your second album uh, as Danny Twelve Tree? What was the inspiration? Yeah. Um, well, believe it or not, man, like the first project in 2015 was just a collection of songs. I wasn't really structured. It was just something I felt like, you know, I kind of did like impulsively. Like I just wanted to put something out just to see, like, you know, get my feet wet for real. For real. Okay. So I was making music even prior to, but I didn't really take it serious. So that was like, I'm going to see if people like it kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I just kind of, you know, it was the body of songs. It was a bunch of shit. Put that out. Um, and, you know, it got it pretty decent response. I was like, all right, cool, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can do this shit for real for real. Because I, I'm always critical of like my sound and how I sound and things like that. Um I don't really I don't really want to say I care too much for what people think, but I'm conscious of if people like it because those are the people that, you know, are gonna be listening to it. So You take feedback I, seriously. Oh yeah from for from, sure. from the fans, from the listeners. No doubt, no doubt. So it's like um you know what I'm saying? That was that was confirmation that okay, I'm on the right path and I can do this shit for real. So just started taking that shit more seriously. Um, you know, recording here and there and things like that. And then just networking and meeting people and things like that. Um and yeah, I like to think this what a life was like the debut joint. This is like the official Yeah. Um, okay. And was like more of like a mixtape kind of vibe. It was just a bunch of shit together. Just like for real, for real. No, and you know the project saying? the project feels you know, I like an album. It doesn't feel like a mixtape. It's very cohesive, very succinct. So, okay, so who's on the production for the album? Because it sounds like one producer, but maybe it's not. Yeah, it's a, actually, it's like, uh, it's like two or three producers. Really? Yeah, but for the most part, one producer has like six songs, like six or seven. So you can, there's similarities in it. Yeah, because the, so maybe the, those are the ones that are all like the, the spacey, trippy, ambient, higher pitched uh, melody yeah. beats yeah. that I was hearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rose name is forgotten. He's fine. Uh, Rose name's forgotten. We got um, we got Peso on there. 
forgotten Ricky Hernandez and um I believe that's it. And th- those are all Chicago guys? Yeah, no, nah, they're all, they're all over actually. Oh, okay. Um, I've only met like one of them. You know what I'm saying? He's from like the East Coast and stuff like that. But I just, you know, build relationships like via like SoundCloud, YouTube and shit like that. So I've had a relationship with them prior to. Um, and then I kind of just wanted a sound and that all kind of found a cohesive and what I was trying to do. So it was like, all right, cool, I'm put it all together. Sometimes those relationships that you, where you drop music online and then you attract yeah. that like person that you collaborate with. Exactly. Sometimes those relationships are better than like people that you can meet in the city that you live in and build right. with. So no, I fuck with that. Absolutely. It's crazy. Cause now, like now I have producers here that are like, man, I make music. Too. Like people who heard the music was like, man, I can do this. Or you know, I want to get on board. I want to give it to the team. You know what I'm saying? I want to give it to A88 lady. And um, they're like, yo, I want to produce your next drum. So now I got people sending me beats all day. Like they just, all right, cool. I listen to your shit. This is fire. Here goes some shit. Let me know what you can do. So I'm like, all right, cool. So no, that, that's good. I mean, you want that boomerang to come back. You know, I yeah, mean, and maybe they weren't there before, but I mean, it doesn't even really matter. Now they're coming back. You know, they want to work with you. They like the content. They like the sound. Exactly. So that's what it's all about. Spreading love, you know? So, so um, who who is your, do you, did you have one engineer for the whole album or did you have a, a couple engineers? Yeah, I had one engineer for this album. Uh, his name is uh, Law Beats. Law he Beats. Goes by, yeah, we recorded this all at uh, Complex 2010. Oh, um, that's Merck. Merck Murphy's yeah. joint yep. over there, right? Yep. Nice. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, so we were there. Law Beats, who also does beats. We actually, I have a joint project with Don Seville coming out maybe next year because we're both dropping projects like a hotcakes. Like, I got another one lined up. You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're just doing a bunch of press shit, trying to get some press runs and, and do shit from here to New York and the rest of the Midwest and, you know, just trying to, you know, talk to people. Absolutely. No, that's how you, you got to, this, uh, in this day and age, the music industry is very much so like you got to push it. After you have the product and you drop it, you gotta run with it, you know. Got to stick as far as you can go. Yeah, so we gonna milk this to October. October's my birthday month, so the next joint's gonna be tied with Midwest Mamba. Uh, this is Kobe Bryant inspired, man. That's my guy. So yeah, rest in peace, man. Absolutely, yeah, man. super fan. So yeah. Let's see. So another question I got: um, What would be a piece of advice as a person in the recording industry in the music business? What is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self or maybe a piece of advice you give to another artist who's young, who's hungry, they want to get in the game, they want to find some success? Um, just don't stop trying new shit. And like, you know, I mean, the sound changes every other, seems like sound changes every other year or so. You know what I'm saying? Like music just changes. So, I mean, that and just traveling to gather experiences. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times people don't live what they rap about. Um, I feel like because I travel so much and I got, you know, my network is crazy. My reach is crazy. Like, I'm able to talk about shit. And people are like, yo, are you really doing that? I'm like, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I have multiple stories. And they all involve, like, something wild as hell. So, I mean, like, shit like that is just, just trying to get out of your comfort zone, right? Absolutely. Um, that's definitely key. To get out of your comfort zone, travel, see the world, um, you know, spend the money, right? It'll come back. You know what I'm saying? If God, God forbid, you don't go broke. Yeah. But, yeah. but definitely, you know, take those risks, jump off that ledge. You know what I'm saying? That's important. So I know that we talked uh, earlier, um, uh, 
about Drake and Travis Scott. Yeah. But uh, so I'm sure they're somewhat influential on your style. But who else could you could you throw in there that you would say definitely influenced your sound? Maybe they're not hip hop. Maybe it's a di- different genre. Maybe it's not even a musician, but like a visual artist. But like someone that you could yeah. say definitely influenced your style. Well, I also grew up like so. Here's the thing: I was introduced to rock music before I was introduced to to rap, hip hop. You know, as a shorty, so I, I grew up listening to like Corn, Papa Roach, Stain. Nickelback, System of a Down. Wow, nice. Yeah. Guys, I listened to literally everything. And then I'm Caribbean, so I had like Caribbean tunes, you know, obviously, uh, dancehall, reggae, compa, soca, uh, Latin joints, like salsa, merengue. Like my family dances salsa, so it's like I'm Haitian. Predominantly. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, uh, your, your EPK said Haiti. That's right. Okay. Exactly. So we got, we got an Afro-Latin spin on music, you know what I'm saying? So I grew up listening to literally everything. Everything. So it, it's, it, the range is crazy, but artists, specific artists, I want to say, man, like, or specific groups, definitely Corn. That's probably one of my favorite groups. Yeah, I love Corn. Um, Corn is just so, their music videos are crazy, and the lead singer, the, the front man, they're nuts. But. Fire. Link Park, for sure. Link Park also, because they, they do an alternative, like, rap kind of thing, too. So I grew up on Link Park, um, Nas, Cassidy. Um, when I was really getting into hip hop, Nas and was like my front runner. Nas, A Z, the firm. Oh, the firm, uh, and they just they just dropped something with the that was with Nas, right? They or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Nas, yeah. yeah Nas just did his joint. Um, by it was by Hit Boy. That's a fire album. Um, but yeah, man, like you know, rappers like that. Um, Missy Elliott was a heavy influence of mine growing up. Her, Buster, Tribe Called Quest, Wu-Tang, obviously. Um, yeah, man, yeah, I was listening to all that shit growing up as a shorty. But Battle Rap really introduced me to, like, trying to exercise my pen game. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I any, started... Any Battle like, Rappers you can Yeah, for sure. On? So I, I grew up, like, Cassidy family, he was doing his Battle Rap thing. But, like, in the whole realm of Battle Rap, like, Loaded Lux... For sure. Loaded Lux was my guy. Um, Loaded Lux, Charlie Clips. Charlie Clips, um, yeah. Yeah, just fucking fire. Charlie Clips, Loaded Lux. Um, who else was I listening to for, for a battle rap? Oh, there was a kid. Or like just like freestyle videos too. Like, not like the old Smack DVD joints where mm-hmm. it'd be like a group of people outside and they just chanting and stuff. Uh, like listening to like three dollars and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Like I take a little bit from everything I've heard. Like you know what I'm saying? On everything I heard or every style I have, you know what I'm saying? I get a little bit from all of those artists. So yeah, I'm like the hip. What's that? Shang Tsung. That's why. Hip hop Shang Tsung. Yeah, but was that? That's a Mortal Kombat, right? That's a Mortal Kombat reference. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> Shang Tsung. It had to be Shang Tsung. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like to think of myself. No, that's what's up. So, uh, so how will so um, the Caribbean, the Caribbean sound, those genres of music, uh, uh, obviously rock music, and then mm-hmm. how old were you? Would you say when you started like absorbing and listening to hip hop music, and then you know starting to think about that? Um, I was probably like. Like eight nine, okay. For, for, okay, I feel that. Same time, just like Fifty Cent, 
like in like 2000 and I want to say grammar school, like everybody was listening to 50 Cent Heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to say about eight or nine. Yeah. And so, with, with your introduction to those artists back in the back of that time, were you immediately like captivated by hip hop and like what a rapper was doing on screen? For sure. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it was a whole like culture shock. Um, obviously, you know, when you're introduced to something that you're automatically, you know, kind of a part of, just off of, like race, like you, you know, like people would initially think like, okay, you black, you have to like hip hop. So it's like, damn, what is this stuff going? I was like, yo, what's going on here? So I mean that was that was super dope, um, just to see like it just transform into what it is now. Mm-hmm. But back then it was super important because that you know those are the pe- those are pillars, right? Those are people who were uh, the gatekeepers, or the shit got passed down to them, and they kept it going. So I mean that was super important. Um, you know I didn't. You know I'm sorry I forgot to mention man. Mac Miller's probably one of my favorite artists. Rest in peace, time. man. Yo, R.I.P. Right, Mac Miller, man. I like to think of him like as. Uh, like a Childish Gambino kind of type, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Those are like ridiculous. Childish Gambino, Andre 2000, like they do so much sonically and not just rap. So, yeah, man, I, yeah, that's another one. I gotta throw him in there. Rest in peace, man. Three st- and yeah, and three stacks, absolutely. Um, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, eight or nine for sure. Just going over my questions to make sure I got them all. Man, man life is good. We're living life on Hall of Fame, man. Right. right. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, can you comment on some like specific future goals or plans with music? Um. Hmm. Well, anything, you know, anything I, that you I, can say. I know that you, you probably have a project, but maybe you don't have a name for it. You don't want to yeah. release anything or say nothing, but. Well, no. I mean, it's, it's all good. Like we did the like I mentioned the joint project I have coming out with Donsonville. Um, I also have some, I've got some key verses coming from like some, some hip hop artists. Like I got a couple verses from Sky Zoo. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's, something's probably in the works with another artist. I'm not going to name drop right now, but cause I already got the verses from Sky. I'm not going to name drop the other artists. But, but, yeah. so, but, but reputable though. Like it's going to be, you're excited about it. I did work with Currency. T Pain, uh, trademark. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah. You'll know him. You'll be like, damn, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Midwest Mamba Project is coming out October sixteenth is the date. Um, so yeah, definitely stay tuned to that. Um, I've got some shit coming, especially for the label uh, that we do. Uh, we're more like of a production. I like to think of us like as a production company. Like we do so much more than just like you know artist development and stuff like that. Um, like we have our own videographers, you know, we, you know, we're, our people are like writers. They do like short films. And then we also have the podcast. What up Joe podcast going on. Um, so yeah, man, we just trying to branch out and become a, like a whole media juggernaut here in the city. Um, which I believe that you all are doing as well with every involved and shit. Shout out to y'all and Rhymster. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Doing your thing. And, you know, keep that shit going. Cause I mean, like, there's a void here in the city, you know what I'm saying? Definitely for that. And um, I feel like, you know, we're on pace to, to get shit popping. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, with uh, with kind of the, the mindset and the philosophy behind that, it's like, you know, a lot of us want to make music, or all of us want to make music, be recording artists, right? But I guess right. when it comes down to that, it's like, especially at the independent 
or underground or, or you know you're building up to try to level up um, artists have to learn how to do it all right like you can't just be a rapper you got to be a you got to be a tradesman too maybe an engineer a videographer what have you so producer anything you cannot be one dimensional anymore so yeah yeah you just need more to bring you need have to bring more shit to the table for sure so yeah but yeah i like to think of us like that that's what we do man 88 is significant because it's a it's an angelic number it's the luckiest number in chinese numerology means overabundance of wealth and prosperity is coming your way and shit like that. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, man. So that's hey, that's what we live, man. We realize these we got these daily mantras, man. We just talk all day, man, about this positive shit, man. You know what I'm saying? But we're definitely super in tune with what's going on or involved in the world and you know, everything that's traumatic, uh, in our neighborhoods and shit. So we definitely are involved even like, you know, during like community cleanups or after the riots or just protesting and marching and just voting and just trying to get shit together. So, yeah, man, we're all over the place, man. That's what we do. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, Oh, one, one more question then. Um, any, any thoughts on the, the most recent, uh, uh, riots and protests in Kenosha, anything you want to comment on for, for BLM or just anything you want to say? Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's super crazy because, um, like the first go around with the with the protests and the riots was um it was you know super empowering and you know um it got everyone attention obviously right like mm-hmm. when pandemic, everyone was at home and everybody wanted to be a part of something and that's what the movement was um as of late i do feel like shit is getting tainted a little bit i feel like you know what i'm saying it's getting mixed with like antifa and other shit and anarchy and a bunch of shit going on um with the mission um, what I would like to see is for people to stay level-headed and actually try to make changes accordingly uh, with the people we put in position to lead, right? Our government. Um, and that's, like, the most important part, man. Like, that, and then, like, our people, the people we look up to, like, the athletes, the actors, and shit like that, they we have to hold them accountable just the same, right? Because those are the people we look up to that are, you know, that come from our community, and we support, and we pay to go see your movies, and we pay yeah. to go see your and shit like that. So um, definitely for them, they have to make a stand too. I like to see like now I'm getting NBA, you know what I'm saying fucking um, NBA ticker shit on my phone, and it's saying like you know like they're canceling games today as a uh, as a sign of protest. So like that, I'm like yeah, that's a good start, but like don't play it off. Like you know what I'm saying like. Like, you got to go big or go home when you do shit like this. Like, like are we going to set out a couple games? All right, cool. That's without pay. But don't play it off. Like, just pack up and leave the bubble. That would be crazy. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we need to go marching down to Capitol Hill. We need to take a trip to Springfield. Maybe we need to, you know what I'm saying, just do more. Mm. You know, be on our politicians' blocks and, you know, demanding shit. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely feel like we, we were heading in the right direction. I think the trajectory has changed a little bit, but I think we need to stay on course and stay positive about what the hell's going on. Like, we need serious change for, for sure. And those are very powerful word, uh, words, Danny Twelvetree. And with that, um, that that finishes, and uh, you know, that's the rest of the interview. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate yeah. your manager too and, and all the business and service. I, man, I thank you for uh, this opportunity. Uh, yeah. And what a life is awesome so anybody listening to this right now please go to spotify youtube apple music whatever whatever you use type in danny 12 tree stream what a life
Stream water life, man. We out here, man. We're living life on Hall of Fame. Right on. Thank you, brother. Hey, it was great talking to you. Um, and I'll, I'm in touch with your manager, but uh, yeah, it should be this should be up in the next couple of days. All right, bro. Stay up. Stay active. Bro. Thank you. All right, take care. You too.